Welcome to Lead Pods, the official leadership podcast from USMB for pastors and church leaders, where our goal is to increase our impact together. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of the USMB Lead Pods. My name is Matt Ayersman, and I'm excited to have you along with me today for another episode where we are taking this thing worldwide today. I'll get to that in just a second, but I wanted to wish you a happy October. Um, I've seen a couple people post online that we are now officially in the fourth quarter of 2020, which um, I'm grateful for. You know, this has been a rough year uh, wherever you are. Um, I just hope that you're continuing to hang in there with the crazy COVID stuff, with politics, with uh, just everything. It's been quite the year. So, hey, we're almost there. It's October. December's almost here. And you know, everything's going to be magically fixed when we flip the calendar to 2021, right? Isn't that how this works? But hey, we do have a fun episode today. I'm excited to introduce you to some friends that I got to know a little bit better this episode. One thing that I am often aware of here in the U.S., um, there really aren't a whole lot of MBs around me other than my direct church family. When I'm talking to friends or family from other cities or other states, They often haven't heard of Mennonite Brethren, or maybe they have some misunderstandings or misconceptions about who we are. So sometimes, at least for me, it's easy to feel like we're kind of this small, kind of um, unknown group of people. But today's conversation was a good reminder for me that there are people literally all around the world who are on the same page theologically. We have a lot of the same missions and goals. And for me, it's just helpful to remember that I'm a part of something big that is having a worldwide impact. And so I think you will leave with that same feeling today after you hear some stories from our guests. Today, I'm talking to Rudy Plett, who is the director of ICOM, and Ed Boschman, who is the U.S. rep uh, from USMB. So they'll tell you more about their titles and what they do. But for me, it was just a good reminder that we're a part of something big around the world that really is having some real impact. So... I hope this episode is encouraging and um, insightful for you to learn more about this. And after a quick break, we'll get right to some really great conversation with Ed and Rudy. The roots of MB Foundation can be found in the early history of the Mennonite Brethren people who were motivated to be generous so the gospel could be shared with their neighbors and around the world. In 1880, the conference first established a mission fund, a stewardship seed that has grown into a $251 million corporation known as MB Foundation. This stewardship idea has been serving the Mennonite Brethren family as a conduit for supporting ministries and kingdom building for 140 years. MB Foundation is celebrating its rich history and the 30-year anniversary of incorporation. We remain committed to providing biblical financial stewardship solutions, including planned giving services, loans, investment certificates, fund management, and stewardship education. Whether making a gift to your church, planning your will, or investing for the future, MB Foundation can help you in giving meaning to money. Contact us today at www.mbfoundation.com or 1-800-551-1547 to get started. MB Foundation is pleased to partner with USMB to bring you this episode of Lead Pods. All right, my friends, welcome to another episode of the USMB Lead Pods. We've got another fun conversation today. We're joined by uh, Rudy Plett and Ed Boschman, and we'll get to them in just a second, but... 
I told them here just a minute ago that I'm going to be right along with most of you listening today. We're talking about ICOM, uh, and I really don't know very much about it. So I'm going to be learning with you, the listener, as we go today. So um, thank you for those of you who are listening. And uh, Rudy and Ed, thank you for joining us today. Great to be able to be with you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So if you've been listening to the podcast, you know, Ed's been on an episode already. So Ed's an old podcasting pro at this point, but um, some of you probably know Rudy, but many of you don't. So Rudy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do with ICOM? Yeah, well, I'm right now in the position of executive director. I live in Paraguay. I have five kids and part of them are growing up and the others are still in the pre-human stage uh, as teens. (laughs) Uh, but it is fun to have a family and uh, I have been a pastor for many years and I'm really excited to be part of ICOM now awesome very cool and you've been executive director for a couple years now right yeah yeah since 2018 yeah awesome all right and Ed everybody knows Ed but remind us uh, what your position with USMB and ICOM is yeah, so um, now I'm kind of a part-timer with USMB doing some life coaching and also enjoying this other piece of my current action, uh, representing USMB to ICOM. It started for me, uh, you know, I was pretty much a domestic guy, not so much a global guy back in the day. But uh, when I uh, took on the uh, USMB executive directorship back in 07, uh, that landed me in ICOM. And so then starting in 08, I've been involved uh, consistently throughout all this time uh, and serve on the executive as the treasurer of record, even though uh, we have Donna Sullivan doing the books. Uh, and Rebecca helps with the books from the Canadian side as well. But anyway, yeah, so it's a dozen years and it's been a joy to get my eyes opened up to the global reality for our Mennonite brother and family. And we'll dive into ICOM in here in just a second. But if I understand right, Ed, you're, you're kind of representing the U.S. to the international community. Is that? That is correct. Uh, the, the board, Don and the board have affirmed me as the official USMB representative. Correct. So you're just representing, you know, just the whole country. No big deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then speaking of that, no big deal. Rudy is representing the whole world. So Rudy, why don't you tell us again, I th- I'm guessing a lot of people in MB churches have heard of ICOM and they've, they probably have a vague familiarity, but why don't you tell us what is, what does ICOM stand for and what is ICOM? Well, it's uh, international community of Mennonite brethren. At, at the beginning, it was committee. But then we noticed, no, we want to be a community and involve the whole conferences, not just the committee. Mm-hmm. So that's why it became, uh, you know, it stayed with the same acronym, but it means a community. And yeah. with that, it, it, it wants to be this link between MB conferences worldwide. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's this platform to meet. It's this connection between all these uh, MB conferences and uh, as we have been growing, we, we are aiming more and more towards all conferences, but also whatever in one conference, uh, what is part of each conference. So in a way, we would like to have a community of MB people around the world serving each other, but also the world. So, so what does it mean to be the executive director? What, how do you kind of keep everybody connected? What, what do most of your days look like? Well, in this time of pandemic, staying home. <laughs> yes. And before that, it, it meant a lot of travel. Okay. 
So it, it is, in one hand, it is connecting with these conferences mm -hmm. and connecting means getting to know them, to know what do they need, the challenges they have, contribution they could make to the fa global family. On the other hand, sometimes travel means to assist in very specific situations. Then it is the whole now more now in the pandemic, but even before through emails and Zoom meetings and phone calls, uh, have this connection. And sometimes from one conference share with the global family, sometimes the other way around. And so in different situations, sometimes the global family needs to speak into a situation to encourage, sometimes also to challenge. Uh, and so then organize this kind of, of connection and serving each other. That's great. You know, it, 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 may, it may in some ways um, be assumed, but um, so the, the history, Matt, is uh, 150 years of Mennonite Brethren global missionary activity. Okay. Mm. So as a result of those missionary activities, now uh, in ICOM, we have 22 country conferences uh, and a grand total of, uh, you know, somewhere under 500,000, maybe 450,000, depending on how you count, uh, members uh, in these country conferences. And so as um, multiply, you know, once was MB Mission and once was Board of Missions and Services, began to understand in about the late 1980s that their missionary activity was wonderful, but the, the whole idea of caring for these country conferences began to be a question. How do we then help and stand by and care for? And so that's kind of where the International Committee was initially formed, and then it became, as Rudy exactly said just a minute ago, the International Community of Mennonite Brethren. And so... Initially, it was, you know, more a fraternal organization. Let's just get connected. And now more recently, you know, and I think this may be some of the maybe maybe potential misconception that people might have about uh, ICOM. It's, it's not a missionary. It's not a missionary venture. It is a it's a more fraternal, caring, you know, connecting venture, as Rudy was just saying. And uh, so we actually we've used. Uh, for the last, um, I don't know, maybe 10 years or more, Rudy, we, we've used the words connect, strengthen, and expand. Exactly. Connect, strengthen, and expand. And so uh, that's what we dump on Rudy's, play, Rudy's plate and say, that's what we think should happen. So make it, make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds easy to me, Rudy. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just connecting the whole world. No big deal. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, you talked about some of the different country groups. So, um, again, can you let us know? I think a lot of people might be a little interested to hear, maybe surprised to hear, where some of the kind of biggest clusters of MBs are around the world. I don't know if it's because, you know, we're all over here, we're all self-centered Americans, or we think we're the, <laughs> the best and the biggest and everything. But in yeah. the MB family, that's not true. So can you walk us through some of the different country groups? And maybe are there some kind of newer ones? Or just tell us about the little clusters all around the world. So if we go uh, continent-wise, it's in Asia and Europe, Africa, and then North America and South America. We have in 
Asia, we have uh, India as the biggest conference. And in Latin America, we have the most conferences. Okay. Uh, so what I will go to, just, just to have an idea. Yeah. Uh, and India is the first uh, conference, the first mission place uh, where MBs went to. Hmm. So the mission, MB mission started in India. And that is the biggest conference. They have around 200,000 members and around 1,000 churches. It's hard to make clear numbers, but that is, that is the, the result of it. And the second largest is in Congo, in Africa. Mm-hmm. They have around 100,000 uh, members. And then the next one would uh, be Laos, also in Asia again. Mm-hmm. Laos is the second last who joined us. And okay. they have between 45 and yeah, over 45,000. Wow. And also a fruit of, of the mission work from the last two decades. And then I think the fourth would be Canada. Okay. With, uh, I am not, have not, don't have the last numbers, but somewhere over 36 or something thousand. And uh, I think then it is Braz- uh, US, Angola, and Brazil. They are uh, pretty close in their number of members. And after that would be Germany and then Paraguay. Yeah, very cool. So I'm, I'm curious, I don't know if you know this, Rudy, but obviously India is just a very large country, um, but for maybe for India and, and the Congo, do you think there's something specifically about MB doctrine or MB history or what, why are we, why are those populations growing so much? Do you have any idea? Well, I, uh, I will be careful. There are so many people who really would answer this question better than I do. <laughs> okay. But I think it is, it, it, they went to a, spurt, a certain group, the Dalits, and, and they were so receptive to the gospel. It was one of the outcasts. And mm-hmm. in the gospel, they saw a completely new hope of life and, mm-hmm. and a cosmovision and everything. So the gospel was so well re- received. And the mission also offered medical work. They mm-hmm. offered all education. And they had to start from scratch with almost everything. So many, many went from a very limited opportunities in their life. They went to have education and to have more health and so on. So it was quite a holistic, holistic approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most of the members are from this group. There are other groups. And it concentrates in what they call uh, the state of Talangana and Andhra Pradesh. And in Congo, I would say it's similar. It came to a specific moment where the reception was so open. The missionaries did also a very holistic work among people with intensive needs. If, I don't know if I can say it that way. But they could serve these people so holistically that they saw in the, in the gospel a completely new way of life and new hope for them, for the eternity, but also for the reality in the next years and decades. So I think these, these are factors that, that were, were very important to that time in these specific groups. Uh, Laos, the third one, Laos has also, but there is less a missionary with a very holistic approach because it was a forbidden. There it is more an evangelism uh, going from their own people to their own people, even uh, on the risk. But again, as, as uh, despised people, as they felt, the Khmu, they felt in the gospel a very liberating message. 
a God who loves them and who wants to save them, who wants to free them from all the fears of spirits and all a kind of stuff. So this freedom, this hope for freedom and new life and meaning and worthfulness and this unconditional love of God and all these factors, I think was, was a message that was very important for them. So that's why that church grew probably the fastest of all our conferences. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's interesting to hear that because I think in the, in the U.S., we think of MBs as a relatively small denomination compared to the other denominations in the States. So it's kind of cool to hear, yeah. you know, we have thousands and thousands of brothers and sisters around the world and the MB family is growing rapidly in, in some of those pockets. So that's, yeah. that's really cool and encouraging to hear. The, that's a great, um, a great summary, Rudy. And I think bang on the uh, pointing out the fact that the, um, the education uh, that um, our people sort of initiated and made available to the India, India conference people, it's, I, that was a really, really big deal. All the way from kids up through, you know, what we would call high school, college, seminary, and Bible school. And so those institutions are still significant in the ministry of the India conference. And so, Rudy, getting back to your job a little bit, I know part of what you're asked to do and expected to do is kind of provide resources for all these different countries and these continent groups. So what kind of resources does ICOM provide and are there any kind of new things coming or what, what kind of resources are you currently working on? Yeah, in general, we have focused this connecting, but then asked ourselves, how can we strengthen? That was the second point, you know, and mm-hmm. expand, but this strengthening. And the more we connected, the more opportunities we saw. Mm-hmm. And on one hand, there are crises. And in different areas, I, I want to say a few things about uh, our crisis. But in some places, it was not crisis. It was just you saw the difference in one uh, conference and the other. And what one conference had developed so well, the other conference didn't even know that exists mm. and or this way of working. And mm-hmm. then there could be a blessing. There could be showing, you know, there is a way to do it differently and, and with different results and so on. So then the resourcing in different areas comes strongly from one conference to another. Also, we have started to work out things, maybe something we need in all conference and we cannot just or apply from one continent to another is not so easy. Hmm. So we have kind of resumed these areas uh, where we want to do more resourcing and exchange. And one thing is the leadership, healthy leadership. Uh, The loneliness of pastors and leaders is all over in all countries, Mm -hmm. uh, a a big deal. Mm -hmm. And not being cared for or their families. So the whole... But also not just uh, that they have someone caring for them, but someone helping them to develop a healthy leadership style and teach others to have that uh, style. You are influenced by the culture, but not always the culture gives you the biblical view. Mm. So the whole leadership, then it is also uh, having a church or having a family of churches. That is a very different thing. So the structure of a family of churches is a big thing and Many need to grow and keep a vision, not just surviving, but thriving as a conference and growing and so. Another area is theology and education, discipleship. And with all the current influences we have from all kinds of theological schools, it's, it's, an, it's a challenge, uh, but it's an urgency too. 
So the whole theological and education, confession of faith, is where we, where we start. Then, of course, mission. Mission is always a focus. We are not a mission agency, but if, if our work is not promoting mission, that churches and conferences are missional, then we are not on the right track. Mm-hmm. So that's why mission will always be a very important focus uh, next to the others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where we work very close with mission agency or multiply in this case to, to really promote it. Yeah. Mm. You know, there are a couple of other um, things that because of uh, my kind of coming lately into the whole ICOM thing that I've noticed. Um, so in the Western world here in, uh, you know, Canadians, uh, U.S., we have sort of believe that we're the center of, of, the, of the universe, right? Um, <laughs> if, if, you go to, if you go to Europe, you have, uh, you know, something similar uh, because it's still part of that, that Western mindset, right? Mm-hmm. But that's, that's only uh, two regions. And so the other, the other um, conferences that are a part of our collegium, uh, they view the world quite differently. Uh, one of the things we have been able to do out of North America is to resource an annual gathering of the leaders of all of our uh, country conferences. And so we call it the annual summit. Mm-hmm. Now, last year we had to cancel for COVID, but uh, the, the plan now going forward is that we would go to, uh, where are we going? If, we, if it all works out, I think we're going to Paraguay next next summer. Yeah. It's... Okay. So... Uh, and and the 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 way we have funded these gatherings is to ask for two percent of the um, local uh, budget, or not the local budget, but the regional budget, uh, to to underwrite this. And so Canada has been unbelievably generous beyond that. Uh, U.S. has been trying to be close to it. And so when you add those numbers up, we essentially have underwritten these global gatherings. Uh, and we're we're trying to move it more to a level playing field and trying to encourage all of our country leaders to make their own contributions and help them to understand we don't we don't want we want to end the sort of paternalism that's been assumed you know yeah. based on North America being the source and the the genus of this kind of thing so uh, I think we have provided for particularly that third world presence um, a view and we've said come and be with us you're part of us. And they say about, and this was my point, <laughs> long time to get there, but they say, oh my goodness, isn't this amazing? Isn't this wonderful? Isn't this fabulous? We have Christian brothers and sisters all around the world. We are not alone, even mm-hmm. though we may be hidden away on the globe somewhere. So yeah. that's a pretty big deal too. That is big. And I want to dive in that a little bit deeper, Ed, because I think there is kind of this default mindset that I think a lot of us have that it's um, it's kind of the U.S. and Canada, North America. It's our job to, we, we feel this responsibility to fund things because we're larger, we're wealthier than some country groups probably. But I'm, I'm interested in what you were saying there, Ed, about how we we have this mindset where we tend to think we're the, the center of it all. We know how to do church and no one else does. And of course, that is terribly, terribly wrong. And hopefully we're making some progress in that area. But I think you're in a unique position, Ed, where it's, it's, you have this responsibility to make sure that the U.S. and Canada, we, we are appropriately resourcing and maybe leading in some areas. But what are some lessons that you've learned from these other conferences that the other U.S. churches 
need to learn from these, some of these other country groups? Yeah, yeah, that is a great, great question and a great observation, Matt. Um, I'll tell you what, we, uh, and I think philosophically, even in our, uh, like we have a kind of a one pager that outlines, you know, who we are and what we're up to and why we do this. And one of, one of our subtitles is the preferred culture uh, for ICOM. And we say um, in that little description, we want every member to, um, to, to feel and, and be affirmed as valuable, uh, bringing their gifts uh, and bringing whatever they can do to meet the needs of others. So uh, when, uh, when I personally uh, come away from a summit, usually I am broken. I am broken because of all the assumptions that I make. I am broken because I, I see these brothers and sisters around the world paying a significant price for their decision to be followers of Jesus. And, and we basically skate free, you know, in our part of the world because of that commitment. It may be intensifying a little bit, and it might not be a bad thing if it did, right? But to see them, you know, get thrown in jail and then come back out and preach again and then end up at a summit to hear their stories of, of, of the many times that they've been, they are brothers and sisters to Paul the Apostle, yeah. who got hammered left, right, and center, and said, <laughs> do what you want to me, I'm yeah. following Jesus. And mm-hmm. so it's a huge lesson for us to learn, um, the sincerity and also the simplicity uh, of how they simply tell the Jesus story. Yeah. A lot of them have very little theological education, and, and some of them have said, well, now, what do we do? We believe in Jesus. What do we do now? Mm-hmm. Here's a Bible, you know, assuming we've got it in their language. Read yeah. it and tell it and teach it and live it. And, and that's it. Yeah. And, and, and the Holy Spirit empowers that, like the, the, the Camus mission that Rudy was just talking about. It's an astounding story of just that simple commitment to the gospel, no matter what the cost. Pretty amazing. That is awesome. And Rudy, I'd like to hear from you, from you too, kind of similar, similar topic there. How can, you know, whether we're talking about finances or leadership or experience or whatever, how can all the different conferences work together? How do you see that working? Yeah, it, it, it starts again with the connecting. Mm-hmm. And one thing what we noticed is we had the summits just with one leader, the main leader of each conference. But we noticed wait a minute, if one leader is going to make all connections between their conference and the others, then he will, he will not have time for the, his domestic uh, mm-hmm. things. And we need to have connection with more people in, of each conference. Mm-hmm. So connecting more people of each conference brought about a lot of exchange, conversations, invitations, questions, and materials, they asking, have you something for Sunday school or for this kind of ministry? And then they send that. Uh, so this connection did a lot. And other thing is, is, is an example in uh, Brazil, so that as a conference, you start to connect with one conference and offer very specific uh, exchange, learning together, walking together, giving resources. And money, yes, finances is a big deal in many things. Um, in many areas, but in this exchange, we try not to have the money as the most important, mm-hmm. but uh, other areas. And when when the exchange happens between 
people in the South, for say, you know, it's not just the South with the North or Africa with North America or so, then they won't even expect a lot of money. Mm. It, is, it is a little bit in the mindset from Europe and North America, there has money to come, but in the others, they don't expect it. So it's very naturally that they try to exchange things, resources they have um, in, in, in other areas. This helping that to share is a very important thing. Yeah. The other thing is now that we think in these areas, if we as ICOM can work out things in this area and in a different areas like caring for pastors, maybe mm -hmm. we can develop principles, a program, a, a way to care for pastors in the conference that we can share with others. Mm -hmm. So maybe, and, and then ICOM leadership can do. Mm -hmm. One thing more, and that is the GSF, we call it the GSF, the Global uh, Scholarship Fund that has been uh, developed by MB Mission and then given over to ICOM to, to, uh, to do it. That's where specific funds go for education, mainly okay. theological education, but sometimes all, also other education. These people need to be um, endorsed by the conference, by the leadership. Mm -hmm. And it is always for a time and it's never a hundred percent. It's just part of a scholarship for their study where ICOM supports. And this is a great contribution has been for many, many people in the last decades. And still today we have way more people who apply for it as what we can uh, help the scholarship. Yeah. This would be a few things. Yeah. Good. That's yeah. It's just cool to see how the world can work together in situations like that. That's really cool. Yeah. So if I understand it right, Rudy, I think ICOM has recently kind of come up with some kind of new vision or you've kind of got some new direction that you're working on. What, what does that look like and where, where do you see ICOM going from here? Yeah, I would say this. It's, it's not a completely new vision. It's just uh, the same thing, but put on another level. Okay. Uh, we have sometimes said that this is the next chapter. Mm -hmm. uh, so this, this connecting and strengthening happened to a certain level. And we just noticed we need to step up or to step in. And one term we have used is to be more present in the conferences. Mm. And this presence uh, has a lot. It is presence from ICOM leadership. It is presence from people out of their conference to meet others in the summits and seminars and so on. But presence, ICOM presence also means one conference visiting the other, exchanging uh, and so on. So this being more present uh, means then you get to know more things. And as, as the more you know, you see the challenges, you see the opportunities, and you have to live also with the needs that you may cannot meet. So it's, it's not just, okay, I see an opportunity and go. I see a lot of needs and I don't know what to do. So with that comes a burden. So this being more present also shares the burden that we cannot solve and just need to pray and, and trust that God will provide. And sometimes, at least for the West, that's a more difficult part as giving something to solve a need. Yeah. It's recognizing a need, see the pain, and not knowing how to, to change that. We want in this, in this new season, we want to develop this at present. And then in the four areas, like I mentioned before, 
see to to do training to do exchange to do more very specifically means is on one hand we need people with experience with a certain maturity that have time for the situations the leaders the conferences and so on time to invest in them time to travel but also have an experience what what is the global family have a love uh, for this if if good leaders really are convinced that they solve all problems probably icom is not the right place for them <laughs> because we need to go into the countries knowing we have some some solutions but in general we come learning but we have the freedom to challenge if it's necessary but we come with a humility and saying we come as a brother not from above we come as a brother from the side yeah and so on so this travel and time of people also has to do with money mm-hmm. of course there's some administrative work and if we create materials and so on but most of the financial resources are used to to have people visiting other people other leaders so and in this new vision we just want to step this up that means we need more people mm-hmm. i'm now full time we have a secretary in winnipeg an assistant a half time mm-hmm. and that's it what is paid staff mm-hmm. and and god gives grace and uses the little we can do and and sometimes it's really just a, a few fish and a few bread and god is multiplying it and we are thankful but we would really love to step up and have 5 6 7 people in the next 10 20 years who are investing their time and that could be people who are uh, retired already or pastors or leaders who work half time in another job and mm-hmm. in other institution but or full time but to invest in this and i think we will the conferences will change in their connectedness with icop It will not just be a meeting once a year it will something that that is relevant to them and we would like to go to that to that space yeah well said Rudy and and I I would just add I think that in this this uh, next season or the new chapter uh, at least from my perspective I have picked up um, a, a renewed uh, sort of enthusiasm to really focus uh, on the idea that we are on whether we're no, no matter where we live on the planet we are here on mission and so if if we had we should have we should have sent you uh, the latest t-shirt uh, <laughs> representing icom because it says right on the t-shirt healthy conferences making disciples So that tells you a lot. We're looking to serve one another to greater health and so that we can be uh obedient to the great commission. And uh, we reviewed that in Mexico a couple of years ago and and, and again while we didn't finalize something Christ-centered or Christ yes Christ-centered mission uh, you know Holy Spirit uh, empowered mission. So those themes are our core and critical to uh, how we see our our future and we'll have to figure out um our partnership with uh, multiply as well there are significant changes going on in multiply and so we're going to wait and see how that all shifts out in the meantime we're uh, you know developing our own vision and, but but our partnership with multiply is critical and important and obviously we're going to keep that going yeah. 
I, I would like to, to add uh, to this. ICOM somehow is born in the AMBI mission now multiply environment because of this need. The conferences need to meet and not go through the mission agency always. So it's born in that. And then it's growing as, an, as really a platform of conferences. But Multiply is a member in ICOM. Uh, and that's the only no, non-conference that is a member. Okay. Because uh, this, this working together, uh, they're members, so there is a tie. But it's also the difference that Multiply will focus and first on mission, mm-hmm. reaching people, reaching non-believers, reaching the unreached. And ICOM will focus on conferences to become strong and new conferences coming into the family and go along with them. And sometimes Multiply has been creating or has been working to raise a church, raise a few churches, a family of churches, and they are hoped to be part of ICOM Mm -hmm. so that they work together very soon so that this family of churches can know ICOM is the long-term family and uh, Multiply is the birth mother. Oh. I don't know if I can use this, yeah, <laughs> this yeah, kind yeah. of picture now. Yeah. But that makes that in the mission work of Multiply, ICOM is, is very close and wants to be very close so that they can be received as family and don't, and don't have to have this feeling now we are switching to a completely different organization. It's mm-hmm. the same family. Yeah, that makes sense. That's cool. That's, that's a good way to explain it. Okay, we're running out of time. This always happens. I want to at least go through two more questions if we can. So really quickly, maybe I'll start with you, Rudy. If someone listening, if, if this is kind of stirring them or this is something they believe in and they want to get involved, whether it's financially or maybe they can volunteer their gifts or services and somehow someone wants to learn more or get involved, what are some next steps? Well, one thing would go into the homepage. They, we are still working on it, but you could find there, there is an update letter every month. And you could, uh, everybody could subscribe. There is also ways to, to make donations. Uh, so that would be one first. The other thing is everyone can write to me or to add. I will, uh, on email, asking questions, we will be happy to answer. Uh, and of course, one of the really important things is to pray. Mm-hmm. You want pray. And I would say this from all our conferences right now, we are in a very intensive time of prayer for India because Mm -hmm. of a lot of challenges they are facing and and transitions that need to happen. So enjoy in in prayer and get the update prayer letter or get from us more. We would be thankful for each person that joins us in this. Yeah, that's great. And the website is uh, icom.org, right? Yeah. So everybody listening, go check out icom.org and find ways to get involved. That's great. Okay, and as we wrap up today, I would like for both of you, if you're um, comfortable and if you have any examples, what about the MB family right now excites you? Like where we're headed, what you've seen recently? Do you have any stories of how God has been at work? I'd like to end our time with just some kind of encouraging stories that you guys could share about what's happening around the world. So either one of you jump in. Let's let's wrap up this way. Let me let me, let me just do a, a little quick one, which is a bit selfish. Sure. But we are developing, Matt, uh, in USMB, a little advisory task force. 
Uh, I've pulled in some people that have uh, skills and abilities and are visionaries, and we are going to develop for the U.S. Conference of Mennonite Brethren a stronger strategy for Path Forward as it relates to connecting our churches, our uh, 200-plus churches, to the ministry of ICOM. So that's in infancy, and I'm excited about it because I think it has the capacity to make a long-term difference. Uh, okay. So that's that's a it's not quite your question. The, the other thing is a personal story. I bumped into a guy at a summit uh, who told me that his father had made a commitment to Jesus under the evangelistic ministry of my father. Oh, wow! And so it became very personal, and we wept together, experiencing mm-hmm. the fact that missionary activity. Uh, over the decades and through the generations makes, um, you know, an eternal difference. That connection with Reinhardt was uh, moving. And I think that story can be told over and over and over again. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's very cool. Rudy, what about you? Yeah, I would like to add uh, two short stories. One is Brazil was asked to care or look into Uruguay because Uruguay was in a very challenging time and Brazil was as conference driving. Then they went in, assessed it, and they started to put people in it, finances, a lot of time, materials, visits. And in three years, the leadership of Uruguay were thinking and feeling very differently about their own conference. Hmm. So Brazil, what Brazil did is help them to become again as a, a conference and leaders. And one of the leaders, the main leaders, uh, gave a testimony and said, we were discouraged, really discouraged in our conference, in our church, and also as marriage. And that was the main leader. And he says, this, this working joint work with Brazil, they helped us with coaching, and the coaching affected our marriage, affected our work in the church and also conference. And we have a different picture now. We are living a different life. It has meant for us personally uh, really, really much. And also, and now they're doing it. They have again started to plant churches. It is just amazing what that has done because leaders of one conference sat together. Hmm. And the other thing is, in Uruguay, a few years back, there was a flooding, a really, really bad flooding. And as ICOM, we needed to do something for our churches, but that's not the area we, are, uh, we have expertise and, and resources. But we start to move this idea in our ICOM community. We linked with the Mennonite World Conference. We also linked with MCC. They have uh, in Colombia. Well, World Conference do have in Colombia. And then we joined and looked into Uruguay and these other Anabaptist organizations helped us uh, to something together and help the Peruvian churches in that time of flooding and to see what happened there and how this could bless the church and many non-believers were blessed and could see the care of a bigger global family and that also was a testimony. Here is a God. They believe in the same God. So that the whole endeavor, I think, was encouraging for the churches, but also uh, a testimony. And that excites me. Yeah, definitely. That's cool. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a good reminder for all of us, right, that we're all in our own communities. And I think we all, 
a various tendency is to kind of zero in on just the world directly around us. And we forget that there is this global family that we all believe basically the same things and we're working together towards the same goals. And we all have things, strengths and weaknesses that we can learn and borrow from each other. And I think obviously we're stronger as a worldwide family and um, it's a better picture of what God's kingdom will look like, obviously. And so, yeah, these kind of conversations are just helpful to remember that we need each other. We're, we're the healthiest when we're healthy together and the world is big and it's not just our little pocket around us, but we need each other to, to fulfill this mission. So Rudy and Ed, you guys are both awesome. Thank you for your time. I know we've got to wrap up here, but is there anything you want to close with before we officially sign off here today? I don't want to turn it into a mutual admiration society, but listen, to have Rudy Platt as our uh, global executive director is a great privilege for us. Um, you know, it's, it's a joy for me to bless him on a regular basis in our connections. The guy speaks, I don't know, five or six languages. I'm amazed that he's held it together for a whole hour and didn't drift off into some Portuguese or German, <laughs> or, German or something. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, you know, and I, I would invite people to pray earnestly for Rudy as he continues his service. And I'm sure hoping that, you know, the borders will open sometime soon and we can resume our our global connections. Yeah, I, I want to thank you, Matt, and thank the uh, U.S. conference for all the support they are giving uh, uh, to ICOM and also for this opportunity. I feel it's an important uh, way to love the global family is open up this kind of spaces of communication. So thank you very much. Absolutely. It's been a blast talking to you guys and to hear about all the work happening around the world. Um, and Ed, I might put you on the spot here for just a minute, but you mentioned that we should be praying for Rudy and for ICOM. Would you mind closing us out in prayer today, Ed? It would be my joy. Heavenly Father, we recognize that uh, you're not only just the creator, um, but you are the one who sustains and the one who cares and the one who initiates for us uh, the, the, the global mission that we are called into. Uh, we recognize that we didn't invent this, that it's your heart. It's driven by uh, the fact that you are love and that you are a redeemer. And so I'm grateful that we have the, the knowledge of knowing that we, we don't travel alone uh, on our journey to follow Jesus. We, we travel with um, our brothers and sisters um, all around the globe. And uh, for those who have gone before, who have uh, uh, communicated your story and called people into the family, we are grateful uh, for the privileges that we have now to work at strengthening and, and connecting and expanding and shaping. We are grateful. We, we want to be faithful in these opportunities that you have um, laid out for us. And I pray for Rudy as he, uh, as he leads, uh, as he serves in leadership, uh, give him joy and health and strength day by day. Uh, and may we listen well to your Holy Spirit who will move within us to make sure that we stay uh, focused and on course so that you can add your blessing to our work. Thank you for this time, for the opportunity to tell the story. And uh, I, I pray that you will invite by your spirit many others to pray with us, to partner with us, to, to share with us, to resource in the way that they can uh, for the sake of your kingdom. And we'll be grateful. And we pray this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. What would it feel like for you to be living at your full potential what if you were regularly connecting with someone who accepts you unconditionally, believes in and affirms your potential, actively listens to you, and keeps you accountable to help you reach your goals? A life coach will get you there. 
Coaching is an intentional one-on-one relationship that empowers people to realize their full potential in personal living and vocational accomplishment. Lead Coaching is facilitated by trained MB coaches who serve as a life-on-life coach and is available to pastors, leaders, and anyone. To learn more, visit www.usmb.org backslash lead coaching or call Ed Boschman at 661-549-6021. All right, well, once again, I want to give my thanks to Rudy and Ed for joining us today and for and filling us in on some really cool ways that God is at work through MBs all around the world. Again, that was just a good reminder for me to hear some of that, and I hope it was encouraging for you to hear that as well. Uh, before we wrap up real quick, I just wanted to give you a quick reminder that we would love for you to subscribe if you haven't already. Um, I've been recording some of the next few episodes that will be coming your way shortly, and I'm excited about them. Uh, here in a few weeks, we're going to be talking about how to <laughs> how to handle politics on social media. That will be a really interesting one. I'm looking forward to share that one with you. We also have had some re- really interesting conversations about mental health, especially during COVID. We've got one coming out about church planting. So lots of good and really important topics that will be headed your way shortly. So please do, if you haven't already, subscribe wherever you are listening today and help us spread the word so that more and more people can find our lovely little show here. All right, and with that, I will wrap it up. Again, I want to thank you for your time and have a great rest of your week. And I'll look forward to seeing you next time right here on The Lead Pods. Thanks for listening to Lead Pods. Make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to our show wherever you're listening today. Learn more by visiting usmb.org and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you next time as we learn more practical tools to increase our impact together.